I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When we invite guests onto Great British Bosses, only one recipient of that invitation has ever replied with the comment, I'm not really a boss. Well, let's outline the credentials for why we humbly disagree with that statement. Our guest is the most successful female sailor in Olympic history. At her third appearance, she was given the honour of being Team GB's female flag bearer at the opening ceremony. She was the founder of the Big Plastic Pledge, a global campaign to eradicate single-use plastic in sport, and is now a member of the Great Britain Sail GP team. Sounds like a boss to us. My name's Hannah Mills. I'm double Olympic gold medalist and a silver medalist, and I'm now part of the Great Britain Sail GP team. I also run Athena Pathway, which is the British Women and Youth America's Cup Challenge for the Women and Youth Cup. And then I'm an IOC Sustainability Ambassador and founder of Athletes of the World. How do you fit it all in, Hannah? Um, I missed out one thing, actually. I'm also a mum to baby Sienna, who's now 14 months old, um, which is the best job in the world. So, yeah, it's... um, it's challenging to fit it all in, definitely, but I have amazing people around me uh, that make it all possible. And that's definitely a big thing that I've learned is is definitely get the best people you can to support you in, in anything you're trying to do. Let's work backwards, if you like. So let's talk about Sail GP, first of all. And for people listening to Great British Bosses that maybe didn't hear our Anything But Footy Sail GP special that we recorded with you a little while back. What is Sail GP? The F1 of the water? Yeah, I mean, GP is just amazing. It's adrenaline-fueled, short-course racing with foiling catamarans, which means the boats fly out the water on hydrofoils. They go up to 100 kilometres an hour, and we're racing right by the shore uh, on really small courses. There's 10 teams from around the globe, uh, and it's a global circuit, so we, we travel around the world competing at, at some amazing venues. So tell us a little bit about the format then on, on race week or race weekend, if you like. Yeah, so they're, they're race weekends. And so Saturday we do three full races with all 10 teams competing uh, and you accumulate points for, for positions. And then on the Sunday, we do two more fleet races with everyone. And then the top three overall after that go to a grand final, which is winner takes all. So just three boats 
first across the line is is the winner of that event. And then at the end of the season, um, the top three teams in the overall standings go into a million dollar race shootout. So yeah, it's pretty pretty high tariff that one. Who gets the million dollars? You? I wish. Um, it definitely gets split. There's there's six team members on board. Um, and then there's also obviously an amazing support team uh, behind the team. So it, yeah, it gets split. Because I guess the serious point, obviously, is it's it's not a cheap thing to do, is it? And we know that with America's Cup coming up, and we'll talk more about that, funding is such a key part of that, getting partners and sponsors on board. Yeah, it, it is, definitely. Um, and commercially, Sergi P is going from strength to strength, actually. Uh, and I think a lot of the reason for that is... There's, there's so much purpose intertwined with everything SailGP does, you know, purpose and impact and sustainability and different projects. Um, and so any partners that come on board is all about activating around what, what they can bring uh, and how we can work with them to um, to push the climate agenda forward mainly. Because I think that's one of the things that I find really fascinating about what SailGP are doing. The fact there's the focus on sustainability, the fact that there's focus on equality as well. All things that must really appeal to you, if I know you in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Yeah, exactly. It, it was after the Tokyo Olympics, which I knew was going to be my last. Um, Cell GP was the perfect job opportunity because initially I thought I was going to go into sport and sustainability and, and a career um, that linked the two. Um but stop sailing, you know, there wasn't huge opportunities for women in sailing beyond the, the Olympics. And um, and then SailGP started their women's pathway program, which was trying to close the gender gap. And along with all the sustainability and purpose driven um, plans. Yeah. When that came along, I was just like, that is me to a T. And we know, obviously, with the British team in SailGP, Sir Ben Ainsley is involved. So who courted who there? Did he come after the most successful female Olympic sailor ever? Or did you <laughs> did you have to pick up the phone to him and say, you know, I, I could add a bit of my gold to yours? <laughs> well, I did it. Well, so they launched, Sail GP launched the Women's Pathway Programme um, in sort of early 2021. And so I did a trial with, with the British team and, and Ben in Bermuda in April. So this was kind of a few months before the Games. And then they had a few other amazing female athletes to to trial as well. And then um, and then Ben did message me the day before I started racing in Tokyo to ask if I'd join the team full time, kind of after the games. And uh, at the time, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like I'm just my head is so in Olympic mode right now." And so I just said, "I'll get back to you." But he said afterwards he wanted to message before, so he didn't look opportunistic if I won again. That he was then coming after me. So yeah, a bit of both probably. And I guess as well, the support you've had from the team because you came back from the Olympics and then, as you mentioned, um, become a mum as well. And yeah. obviously being out there on the GP boats and becoming a mum, not necessarily roles that fit hand in hand. You managed to find a way with the team. Yeah, I did. And, and honestly, I'll always look back at that kind of moment in time where I knew I was gonna have have a baby or trying to have a baby and and had to go and tell Ben and the team that having just joined the team sort of a few months earlier that that things had happened and we were gonna have a baby and um just the the reception to that was just unbelievable and as a female in sport it, it's quite daunting to be honest to have those conversations because you're never quite sure 
how it's going to go but yeah just straight off the bat it was wow amazing what can we do like how can we help and um and so actually that whole time I was pregnant I was still there with the team I was helping on the water coaching um and then I was helping off the water just delivering as much of their sustainability and impact projects as I could and so we made it work until obviously I'd had Sienna and I felt ready to come back on the boat and then it was kind of what's what's the strategy to get me back on the boat and both Ben the British team and Sail GP as an organization were just amazing in that whole that whole thing. Um, to be honest, you know, physically your body's changed a lot and you know, there's a lot of work to be done to get it back to where it needs to be, um, to be competitive and robust and all those things. But also, you know, being a new mum is is amazing, but also incredibly challenging. And and so, you know, there's a lot of um a lot of new things, I guess. Um, but for me anyway, it just I just felt even more motivated having Sienna in my life and just wanting to be someone that she could look up to and and think, oh wow, that's my mum. Look what she's doing. Um, so yeah, but but it, it's definitely daunting as a, as a female because I still think you know there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges at times. And uh, the more we talk about it and the more we talk about the successes and and how it has worked, then I think the better for hopefully for the next generational wave of of female athletes that that want to have babies. So 2024, America's Cup year and and a women's America's Cup. That's taken some time to to finally come around, hasn't it? What? Yeah, well. what, What do you think or hope your role will be there? Yeah, well, it's the first ever Women's America's Cup, uh, which is just obviously, as you said, taking a while, but it's amazing. You know, it's it's such a huge opportunity for the sport and for female athletes to close the gender gap when it comes to high performance boiling sailing, because the you know there hasn't there's sort of a ten year gap, I guess, between our male counterparts and the experiences they've had. So you know, to get twelve teams. Of, of four four women in each team yes a lot of females around the world that will now have that experience over the next year of learning to sail these boats and that's huge in itself and so I'm just so excited for that and for the event to just showcase what what female athletes and we can do um so yeah really really excited and our team as well with the Youth America's Cup it wasn't specified in the rules, but we're we're going to have at least one one female out of the four, if not two, on the boat, depending on how some of the trials go and and the talent that we have. But I'm also excited for that for the next generation. I'm running the both the women's and youth program in terms of you know trying to get the sponsors on board, trying to get the base in Barcelona, and just manage all of the bits and pieces, hiring people to run the team. You know, just so many amazing things that I've never really done before with my Olympic career and so it's a big big step up um, but again you know Ben uh, Ainsley has been incredibly supportive of that we co-founded Athena Pathway together which is the challenge for the Youth and Women's Cup alongside a, a pathway for the next generation in, into the sport so that's been a really big opportunity but then also I'm going to be I'm going to be on the boat so I'm going to be competing which yeah I'm not unfortunately not in the youth cup I'm not quite of the the age to fit into that category but I'll be I'll be in the women's cup I remember obviously being a bit of a sporting geek growing up there were two things that Great Britain never won one was the Davis Cup in tennis it'd been decades and the other one is obviously the the America's Cup which you know growing up was always a, a men's event now Ben Ainsley we know has has done it but but not quite as Great Britain could 2024 be the year maybe do the double 
Yeah, that would be something, wouldn't it? I mean, I hope so. They've got an amazing team of of sailors and support crew, and that you know, I really, really hope that they've got a good chance when when their race boat launches this this coming year. It'll be interesting to see how they go, but I'm just buzzing for them. Yeah, it'd be very cool to be a part of that, um, even if it's slightly from from the other side with the women's and youth cup. Let's rewind a little bit, and I just want to pick up on something that I said, obviously, about the expense of Sail GP. And I think it's probably important to say that sailing as a sport, there may be this perception you need to have money. It's an elite sport. But I know we've spoken about this before, and you know, you're very clear that everyone could go sailing whether that's at an elite level or or recreationally yeah I I think I think all sport to be honest at an elite level there can be um, barriers for sure Uh, I think yeah to get to get to that level is is not easy I think the more we have you know things like the national lottery and and grassroots support and schools particularly um, putting more sport into the curriculum I just think it's not just about the elite, it's about people enjoying sport. And so all those things, I, de- I think we can definitely do better um, as a country. But sailing, you know, it, it, it can be expensive 100%. And for a lot of people, it is expensive. But there, there is programs out there to make it more accessible. There's not enough 100%. And for, for some people in certain areas, there's not sailing clubs locally enough for them to access Um so, you know, there's definitely barriers, but we're we're working hard with different organisations like the Andrew Simpson Foundation, um, which is largely based down in Weymouth, but they have other centres around the UK. Um, and the Grieg Academy, the Scaramouche Sailing Trust that that they have, um, you know, we're hopefully going to start a partnership with them as well. So that, there is things happening. It's not fast enough, but yeah, we're definitely trying to make, make that change. This is Great British Bosses from Anything But Footy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're in conversation with double Olympic champion Hannah Mills, who is now part of the Great Britain Sail GP team and runs Athena Pathways, the British Women and Youth America's Cup Challenge. She's also an IOC sustainability ambassador and founder of Athletes of the World. I started sailing on a fa- just on a family holiday in the UK, and um, yeah, I was the younger sister who just wanted to do everything her big brothers did, and and they got to have a go. So I was like, when's my go? And yeah, had a go, fell in love, and um, and and then went to a local sailing club in Cardiff, um, where you just use the boats there, and it was just the most amazing sort of family friendly, fun environment to to get out on the water and and learn to sail. When did the Olympics loom into view for you? Either I guess a two part question really. Either just as a a fan of sport, was there someone you remember watching growing up and thinking I'd like to be part of that, and then thinking actually competing as a sailor at the Olympics might be a realistic aim for you? Yeah, well, I first remember watching the Olympics when I was eight. And so that was the Atlanta Games in 96. And I remember mostly watching the athletics and just 
being blown away by the Olympics and competing. And I, I loved sport. I was super competitive already. I wanted to be a tennis player at the age of four. And I just, just started sailing that summer. Um, had no idea sailing was in the Olympics at that point, to be honest. But I remember watching Roger Black win his silver medal and just being like, that's what I want to do. Um, I don't care what sport it's in. And then, um, and then at 11, I was at a sailing competition and actually Ben Ainsley came and did a talk. He'd won a silver medal at Atlanta. And that's when I realized sailing was in the Olympics. And that, that was kind of that light bulb moment for me that I was like, oh my God, that is what I want to do. Like, I love sailing. I love competing. And it's in the Olympic Games. That's, that's it. And I guess like the reality, like I, I was incredibly lucky that I guess the people I had around me at that age didn't tell me that wasn't realistic and didn't kind of crush that that thought process and I think when I got a bit older and probably 17 18 and and started winning on a on a uh, world stage um, just kind of in the boat down from what you would sell at the Olympic Games that's probably when it felt like it was a real possibility for me and you mentioned Ben and Atlanta 96 it was I think a pesky Brazilian um, ahead of him but all the best Olympic sailors start with silver correct <laughs> yeah 100% yeah I think that's what drives you on <laughs> <laughs> did you when you won your silver medal in London and with everything that was so wonderful and exciting about 2012 and, and obviously Weymouth hosting the sailing events was it always in your mind that that you and, and Saskia knew you could go one better in Rio Oh yeah, I I will forever be um, disappointed by that silver medal in London. I mean, in, you know, it's always easy in hindsight to say what you should have, would have, could have done, um, and that's how you learn, and that's potentially why we did manage to go on better in Rio uh, and 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 you know change what we needed to change. But it just felt like such a missed opportunity. We were so close. You never know if you're going to get another shot. You know, it's, it's such an incredibly hard thing to just qualify for and, and be competitive for. So you kind of always in the back of your mind, like, this could be it. And I didn't know if Saskia was going to go again. She'd already done two games by this point. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, but when we did decide that we wanted to go for Rio, we definitely, I think, we didn't always vocalise it. But but for both of us, it was it was a gold medal campaign or nothing else. And so... Um, yeah, there's no guarantees in sport, but I think having that mindset just meant there was definitely no stone left unturned in the, in the pursuit of that. And whatever happened, we could look back and go, we we did everything we could. In terms of water quality in Rio, is that something that then started to sow a seed in your mind in terms of what you did with the big plastic pledge and water pollution? Or was it something you'd thought about before? No, it was it was definitely sparked in the Rio campaign. So we so sailing as a sport, we spend quite a lot of time in the Olympic venue um, in the couple of years building up to the games because we need to get to know the winds, the tides, the currents, the everything about the rate, the water we're going to race on. Each venue has its own intricacies, so we spend a lot of time there. And I think we must have spent about 180 days in Rio in the two years building up to it. And definitely, I'd never never really seen anything quite so stark in terms of the pollution in the waters of Rio. And that's for various reasons why it was kind of so, so bad there. And it just, I just felt so strongly that if I was going to carry on for Tokyo, that I had to do something, try and use my voice and my, you know, small platform to do something about it and raise awareness. And, and, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where the big plastic pledge stemmed from for sure. And obviously, though, you came back and, and you won that 
Olympic gold medal. How does life change when you can say Olympic champion? What was the best thing that, that happened following being an Olympic champion? I think it's, uh, well, for me anyway, still being a huge tennis fan. I always knew in the back of my mind that if you win an Olympic gold medal, then you get invited to the Royal Box at Wimbledon. And so when we won, I definitely, that was one of the first things that crossed my mind was just how incredible that that was going to be. <laughs> you do get invited to some incredible, amazing things. Um, but no, I mean, nothing, your life, it's not, a, maybe for some people, your life changes dramatically, but um, but no, it's just, it's such a personal achievement in many ways to win an Olympic gold and, and hopefully you manage to inspire and send people while you do it. But just a very personal thing to get to try and do. Did you think I'm going to go again, knowing that, that Saskia was probably not going to continue? Um, how soon? Probably around Christmas, actually, after Rio, I think. I had the drive to go again. I, def I definitely would say that that the whole environmental piece and thinking about what I could do inspired me massively to go again because I felt like whatever I did, the platform you have as an Olympic athlete is way bigger than anything I would have doing anything else. So that was a huge driver in, in that decision. And obviously you do go again in Tokyo and you get the honour of carrying the flag. I mean, <laughs> how special is that? What does that mean to you? It was mind-blowing. It really was. Um, I remember being out in Tokyo and maybe a week before the opening ceremony, just having dinner with some of the other sailors and someone was like, oh, I wonder who's going to carry the flag this time. And one of the other sailors was like, oh, Han, maybe you will. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why would I get to carry the flag? There's so many amazing Olympians um, that would deserve it. And then our team manager pulled me aside maybe the next evening and I was panicking because I thought I'd done something wrong because he sort of summoned me and said, oh, look, um, Mark England, who's the chef de mission for Team GB, said they'd like to offer you or shortlist you anyway for the role of, of carrying the flag. They're going to have two flag bearers, a female and a male. Um, would, would you Would you want to do it? And obviously... With COVID and the pandemic, there was such strict protocols um, with with the Olympics and what you could and couldn't do. And, and as a sailing team, actually, we were really bubbled in our venue because we were slightly outside Tokyo. So we were really bubbled. And so it wasn't such, just a simple, yes, I'd love to do it. It was very much a, well, I'd love to do it, but let me just have a chat with my teammate Ailey and our coach and, you know, is the team okay with this? Um Anyway, everyone was okay with it. So I said, yeah, I'd love to go on the shortlist. And um, didn't really hear anything about it for a few days. And then Mark England came to, to the Team GB house where the sailing team was staying and did sort of a presentation of, you know, just kind of welcoming everyone and just making it feel really special. And then at the end, he just dropped the bomb uh, that, that I was going to carry the flag. And I just, I remember Ailey just like diving on me, just so excited. And, and she got to come up to the opening ceremony with me, which was part of kind of the reason I wanted to do it because it was her first Olympics and I wanted her to experience the opening ceremony. So yeah, it was honestly the biggest honour um, as a Team GB athlete you can have. It was really, really special. An emotional moment. I know when I, I interviewed you when you were announced and, and you were in tears and then an iconic <laughs> opening ceremony moment, the fist pump. 
And then there's this <laughs> image of, of you and Mo coming out with the flag and Ailey seems to be walking in the opposite direction. I know. It's just so Ailey, honestly. Where was she going? <laughs> I don't know. I think she was just soaking it all in and the camera just captured that moment where everyone was facing one way and Ailey was facing backwards. But yeah, it was super cool. We had such a small contingent from Team GB, obviously because of the pandemic. Um, but to get to carry it with Mo, who's just such an awesome athlete and just the nicest of guys was really, really special. And you couldn't have chosen a smaller and a larger person, I don't think, to to do that, which actually I think was good for carrying the flag because he was up high and I was down low. So it worked quite well. A couple of questions then just before we wrap up. Obviously, you won the second gold medal and you got to stand on a podium that was made out of recycled material, which I imagine you were probably pretty stoked about. Um, yeah. A double Olympic champion, but then in your mind because of the changes with sailing and your event, your discipline, your class, it was always going to be the end of the road at the Olympics for you? Yeah, it was. And I feel really lucky, actually, to have got the extra year um, because of the panda, obviously, terrible circumstances. But And and at the time when the Olympics were kind of either cancelled or postponed, and it was it was pretty, pretty hard for all the athletes involved, I think. Um, but when it did get confirmed to be postponed for a year I remember feeling very lucky to get that extra year as an athlete knowing that this was going to be my last games I just felt like I'd done three um I'd have done three and there was other things in life I wanted to do I was super into all the sustainability stuff I was pushing and very much felt like that's where I wanted to go next um and so yeah it was it was always going to be my last one so final question new year's resolution for 2024 find more time to look after myself a bit more <laughs> I think yeah this last year has just been absolutely mental um it's been amazing some amazing things obviously with Sienna but so do P America's Cup um but I definitely yeah I definitely need to make sure I do look after myself a bit more because that's always the first thing to go when you're busy well thank you so much for finding a bit of time to talk to us today, member of the uh, British team in Sail GP, the Great Britain Sail GP team, three-time Olympic medalist, two-time gold medalist, definitely a boss. Anna Mills, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.